I'm glad we a first round bye would have been amazing. What for the Land United? You know, first yeah. round bye getting second place. They need that rest, I think. But I was afraid that we get third place and then we play the Red Bulls. Luckily, that's not gonna happen. So they're not gonna play against Red Bulls, right? They play against Columbus, Columbus Crew, which doable. You can beat them. I mean, what's that like? You think you know that after this season, they're not gonna be around. That's sad. Actually. I mean, yeah, I know. I was thinking of that actually, and like, man, I almost want Columbus to do really well and like win everything just because, but <laughs> just, just so that they say, just to save the crew. It's like pointing the finger, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> the biggest, biggest but, achievement. Then, yeah, and then they're gonna. I mean, what's going on? Really, it's it's the owner of Columbus Crew, a team in the MLS that have decided to have decided to move the team to Texas. Austin, Texas. <laughs> exactly, Austin, Texas. Uh, like, I'm, take the team with the players? Uh, yeah, presumably, at least some of them. It'd probably be like a expansion draft. I, I don't know if he'll consider the new team to be just a new incarnation of Columbus mm-hmm. like sometimes they do that once they relocate right like Atlanta they'll keep, Thrashers did that the NHL team yeah but they, they still keep all the records and all the achievements from the past what? or they'll just uh, what kind of joke uh, is that uh, uh, just like start from scratch and make it consider a brand new expansion team I don't know if that which is which that they're doing I mean now when but, MLS is going so well they, they should <laughs> I, mean, I know you can't keep your history man I know that's that's what's that's, <laughs> that's so sad and I see it from I mean attendance I think is a big thing I don't know if attendance I'm not a business person so I don't know if attendance fans are everything right we always yeah. say fans are everything in sports we but are. like is attendance and whatnot really everything do you think do you know do you have an idea um, because columbus i think a lot of the le- teams in the league they get under scrutiny for their attendance right. especially once you see seattle and atlanta yeah. do f- amazing yeah uh and so then you look at columbus that just gets i was reading the average attendance of each team this season and columbus is just uh, a little over fifteen thousand. Fifteen, okay um I mean, attendance is one of the primary sources for income, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how many people go to a game and buy a new jersey or scarf if you have been a fan for a long time? You know, it's not you don't get that much income from that, mm-hmm. especially um, just focus on the city. The big clubs, they have fans all over the world. But if you're a small team or not, you know... Like Urbro, yeah. I don't think there's that many people in Stockholm that buys Urbro jersey and scarves, right. mainly in Urbro. So sponsorship is limited. Yeah, and uh, also because for Columbus and maybe Urbro is the same, smaller cities exactly don't get as much TV rights, right. TV and like exposure. Urbro, they struggle with get the sponsorships. Plus, they struggle with getting a kind of like really quality players because their budget is obviously lower because they don't have that yeah, much money yeah, yeah. and as i understand with columbus crew uh when i talked to my friend mohammed said when he used to play there their stadium is a little bit also outside i think i remember that when i went to ohio uh, columbus like the stadium is a little bit outside so it's mm. not that it's not right in like the city center exactly so. you know like atlanta you're not you know mercedes-benz is yeah. right in downtown yeah 
and that is a thick case for a lot of MLS clubs, and that's a lot of complaints for a lot of the clubs too, or a lot of fans of the clubs. Um, but I see the attendance that may do some have something to do with it. The stadium's also it's kind of it's not very sparkly or brand yeah. new, um, but it's one of the first. It's the first soccer specific stadium in MLS, and. I mean, it's had so much history in MLS, and most importantly, the U.S. national team, those games against Mexico. Yeah. So I see fans from other teams look at teams like Columbus and Dallas and I don't know, Chicago sometimes, whoever, yeah. and see that their attendance is dwindling, and they're instantly like, no, it's not working out here. Relocate them, give them to a new city that deserves it, like Sacramento or uh, like Miami. Or, Miami or something like yeah. that. Um and get rid of these teams. And I just think that's so sad. You can't throw away the history that is made with these clubs. And Columbus is an MLS original. They were there from day one. And not too long time ago in the MLS Cup. There, yeah. I mean, 2015, once Muhammad was there. Exactly. And uh, around 10 years ago, 2008, 2009, they won MLS Cup in 2008. And during like a three-year period, they were, one of the, they were the best team in the league probably. So I mean, this is this is, to me a disgrace to soccer like i mean seriously though like how can you just point the finger at that fan base that provided this oppression for so long yeah like these guys that you go to every game you know these guys that have the season tickets these guys that have been following in, in what a few generations now yeah, right yeah uh-huh. how 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 can you to say screw you to them, right? Screw you big time. <laughs> it's almost like one of those... I understand that it works like a company, that you don't make that much money, and yet now you have yeah. to kind of switch market or go somewhere else, you know what I mean? And MLS, probably more than any other country, treats its league and its teams as a business rather than something for fans. So a- MLS does that, MLS, right? MLS, yeah. And MLS teams are a part of this MLS franchise. Yeah. So McDonald's, for instance, is a franchise, right? So you can buy uh, McDonald's, but you cannot change its menu. You have to follow the franchise rules. And it's kind of the same in MLS. You have to follow MLS rules. Yeah. And it's so sickening to me to more and more get this news about that MLS and MLS teams and it's all about money and it's all about the profit and the more you d- dig into it, it it just gets worse I feel like you know what I mean I mean it, it's nice to look at um, clubs that have been around for a long time yeah you know teams that have struggled or still struggling mm. what they're fighting with is marketing yeah you know like yeah, for, sure. for instance um, Arsenal right are we ever going to move away from that pocket of like it's the same old Arsenal, <laughs> right? Uh, you know what is the same old Arsenal? Well, there's same old Arsenal as in the Arsenal that looks so good on the surface, but then ends up lacking cojones, as uh, <laughs> Troy Deeney says. Listen to it. Um, decisions this season that have gone where we should have gone down, and he hasn't. I think personally, full speed. I thought it was a foul. And I think if it was the other end, gives it, and no one says a word. Yeah. No one says a word. We've had two against Man City that we should have had in the first half, weren't given. No one says anything because it's little old Watford against the big boys. But if it's the other way around and we, we were winning, 
and let's just say Man City or Arsenal in this case end up losing the game. I've heard Wenger's already started blaming that's the reason they lost. Well, I'm not going to be one to tell Mr Wenger about himself, but there's a reason the loss and it wasn't because of one penalty. What do you think it was? Um, I have to watch what I say on, on the, but yeah. having a bit of cojones, I think the word is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, having a bit of nuts. I think you can get away with that. Yeah, yeah having a bit of nuts, just having a bit of... Whenever I play Arsenal, and this is just a personal, yeah. whenever I play against Arsenal, I'll go up and I think, let me whack the first one and let's see who wants it. Yeah. And I come on today, I jumped up with Murtasaka. I didn't even have to jump, actually. Nod it down. The crowd gets up. Yeah, we've got someone who can win it. And they all just backed off. Exactly. You know, they do really good one game. And then they just doesn't do anything in the other game. You know what I mean? It's back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, same old Arsenal theme has been going on for a long time. But it's the fans that is trying to keep up with this. We are one of the best teams in the world. Or we are Arsenal, you know what I'm saying? We are Arsenal. I'm like you know? that. Yeah, I'm, I'm me too. <laughs> you know, it's the fans that are keeping up that. Yeah. But still we say same old Arsenal. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is hurtful for me to say, but f***ing Tottenham, man. Mm. Like for a long they're time. Good. They're good. For a long time, it's been like Tottenham is trying to be within the top four or top five. You know what I mean? They're, they're trying to get into that pocket. They're trying to be... Marketing wise, image wise, like like Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal. If you think about the image of them in the world, Tottenham has been trying to get into that pocket, but because of their not too successful Champions League times, right? They have kind of been still trying to get into it, but almost like feels now that we can almost say that they are one of them man they are one one against real madrid away oh man <laughs> and then four one against liverpool oh yeah i mean they have top players i was thinking the just i think yesterday right now you said it tottenham for decades were trying to get to that arsenal stature yeah they, we were seen as the the big boys and they're seen as the guys trying to come up to us now not only are just Tottenham just better than Arsenal. Their team is right. better right now. Um, they're playing at Wembley momentarily, but they've got a great brand new stadium exactly. coming yes. next season. Yes. I wonder if Tottenham, there's all this talks this season about how well Tottenham has been playing at Wembley. Yeah. And they just finally got their first Premier League win there pretty convincingly. Yeah. But once the new stadium comes around, will they, I've always wondered, will they have the same sort of struggles that Arsenal did mm-hmm. once they first moved into the Emirates mm-hmm. or terrifyingly will they instantly find success once they get to a new stadium <laughs> and make it their brand new home just as good as White Hart Lane if not better whereas we still have a bunch of fans that are like man I miss Highbury we, <laughs> we, we <laughs> Highbury were the good days we were yeah. a good team then and then Tottenham just shows us how it's done with exactly. the new stadium I mean look at Atletico Madrid moving into a new stadium it's a nice stadium you know or our dear Atlanta United right. as, as soon as we came into Mercedes Benz I think we had what Kerry like, eight I think maybe <laughs> I know there was like 24 goals scored and like three against in that yeah. one game when maybe seven wins and one tie or something like right. that for the first eight games. Eight or games. Like that. And, and I know everybody's talking about if you're going to have a new team in the MLS, you need to look at what Atlanta is doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, when you look at Atlanta, I feel like they have 
a really competitive and good team to win MLS Cup. And let's say they won MLS Cup, right? And the following two, three years, they're really good, right? Mm. Me and you, after 15 years following Atlanta United, <laughs> we were like, we saw them win MLS Cup twice, dude, you know? Mm. Like, mm. we had that party, you know? We had our families at my house and we celebrated that, you know? We bought jerseys, we met with the players, we spent so much money to go to the games, and we protected you when the shit went down. Mm. We stuck with you, in the say, yeah? Yeah, we stuck yeah. with... What did I say? Protected okay. you. Okay, <laughs> we, we stuck with you when the shit went down, and we were with you when everything went, went well, too. Mm. And now you're telling me you're moving my team to Austin, Texas. I mean, if they can do that to an MLS original, been there since day one, I mean, why can't they do that to a brand new team that just happens to pop up, right? So. F*** you, MLS. <laughs> I still love MLS. I know. I, <laughs> I know you do. Welcome to a new episode of the Oz Coaching King Soccer Podcast Show. Sometimes in the <laughs> okay, it's so nice in the evenings when he kind of jumps on my lap and I hold him kind of like a baby. He's just laying there, he's snoring, and uh, he's kind of breathing, breathing out, so I can feel the air on my skin, like he's alive on my lap, and it's totally dark in the room. And we just, it's just me and him, father, son time, okay. you know, I get the chance to hold him and say, hey, I really love you, you know? Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Those moments are beautiful. Anyways. Sorry that I'm in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and uh, interrupted from quality owner cat pet time. Oh, it's amazing, man. You should have a cat. Get Pardon a dog. Me. I love to have a dog. I'd love to have a dog. I'd love to have a cat too, but I definitely would like to have a dog. Mm, an active dog that you can throw the ball at and play soccer with. Mm? Like Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. He has two dogs. He does. He, does. he really cares a lot. He puts he puts pictures on them on Instagram, and they're basically with him wherever he goes, right? I think so. I don't know. I mean, they, I don't know if they go with him to games. No, no. But... I think they're in their locker room, man. <laughs> Anyways, man, there's something I want to talk to you about. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, other than Belly. He's so sweet. I mean, apparently you really wanted to talk to me about Belly. I mean, look at him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Those point. eyes. Fair point. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, I want to talk to you about uh, our coaching that we do with the U11 girls here at DD1 and um, how 
we have been doing lately because it's it's kind of hard to see progress in a short period of time like when in one week two weeks it's kind of hard to see the progress but once you kind of put in the big picture or you have something to compare to you can see development but it takes time you know it takes long time pretty much to get a basic good technique hmm. and um, this weekend we had free games you know i mean free games dude i mean Every weekend we have three games. I know. One for each team. Last weekend I played a game 90 minutes and then had two games. I mean, I was like dead afterwards. Mm. I was so tired. And this weekend we had three games. Concord Fire, a top club in Georgia. Mm-hmm. When I was young, uh, they were a club that I really looked up to. They were one, they were one of the teams to beat. Um, so one of the top teams in Atlanta in Georgia, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, there's something I want to talk to you about, and uh, it's when we played our games this weekend. We have free games, and um, it's you know we're doing it because we love it, right? And uh, while we're coaching, we are very, we relatively calm. I mean, you're very calm. Yeah, you are calm, but we, we try to stay calm than some other people. You know, we had some. We had two coaches behind us in one game, and it was so outrageous for me sitting there and watching. You know, what I mean, it was like two different coaching styles. Like I'm in the middle. You know, they were yelling, they were like fretting the kids. Like, hey, if you don't make that one, I, I, you know, I'm gonna put you on the bench. And <laughs> or they were like. Or like screaming at them yeah. and even at the ref. So if yeah. the coach was uh, almost like fighting with the ref's dad. I mean, this ref is like what? The assistant referee was like 12, 13 years old. And uh, his dad came and was like, hey, how dare you cuss out my son? I really I didn't notice that. Yeah. Actually. And uh, I saw it, you know, and, and this coach was like just going at him. I'm like, if you want, we can meet up over there. And I'm like, well, <laughs> so, and I went there and and I kind of separated them. And, um, really? Yeah. I mean, I separated them as in I told that old, uh, old man to, hey, what's the problem? He said what he did against the referees, that he was casting them out, he was yelling at them. I mean, come on, he's, you know, 12, 13 years old or whatever, right? And I said, all right, sir, listen, um, over there by the tent, we have a referee that is managers over the older referees today. So why don't you go and talk to him about this? And I'm sure um, they will somehow take care of this because it's not okay, I said. But it was just maybe the 10th or the 10th thing he did on top of the stuff that I noticed as a coach. You I know? never even noticed you left over there, went over there, but... I went over to practice the other team while you were coaching at the uh, end. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I agree. I, I heard them the entire... They're sitting right behind us. The bitches <laughs> yeah. are right. So you could hear everything. And uh, I mean, the kids that they were coaching too, they couldn't have been older than our girls are right. 10, 11 years old, yeah. 10 years old. They seemed younger to me, like nine, eight years old. And, and it also seemed to me that it was not like their first team, you know? Like they were not that good soccer skills wise that expect them to do all that stuff that he wanted mm. 
you know, that's the unfair, you know, and also get really up or angry or, you know, yell in that way when you kind of know where the limits are in the girls or boys well, in I this think, case. I think that's... Um, Anger management problems, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I think it reflects a bit on coaching in, in the country right now. And it's been a big topic ever since the U.S. got eliminated. But coaches throughout the country are too focused on winning. On uh, They're too focused on just getting results. They aren't focused enough on developing the players to be the best that they can mm-hmm. be. And I've heard quotes from, from Claudio Reyna and others that Claudio Reyna is uh, technical director of New York City FC. Yeah. And saying stuff like how coaching in this country, people are too arrogant. The mindset is too arrogant. We think that we know everything when we don't know everything. And so to just go out and almost bully, I don't know if bully is the right word, but bully young kids and and, and make it seem like you're the, the big shot and shouting out orders and listen to everything I say because I'm right isn't the way to go about it. They need to be encouraged and not not pressured by losing or winning or anything like that no i agree man i agree and uh, how was it for you when you grow when when you grew up in this country then like how were your coaches in the coaching style i'm not sure if we really touched on this topic before but like uh, what i mean were they overly criticizing which made you feel like Okay, I have this pressure from my coach. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. Not nothing too bad. It's for the coaches that I've had that I remember well. I've, I've looked back on them fondly. All of them are pretty good. Yeah. You know, you know one of them. You know Brian. Yes, uh, Brian Stoddard. But I think all of my coaches have managed me well and managed our team well. And there weren't really any complaints from our parents. I think our parents uh, all liked them. And especially as I I got older. Yeah. I mean, like my heydays, that was like the high school years. That's the best years of soccer, right? Of growing up, developing mm-hmm. soccer. Those are the best years of my soccer development, I guess, right? Yeah. And then you can be a bit harder. Then not like hard on, you're not hard on me just to be, just to be tough, but. Demand more. Demand more because you know that I can do more. And yeah. that's, what I, that's what I saw. I yeah. always got that feeling from other coaches. So uh, I didn't, I didn't take, I didn't take any, any yelling or anything like that as punishment or as they didn't maybe punishment as they didn't not liking me or anything but it's like okay i see what they mean this is how serious they are so i need to be just as serious uh, you know coaching a lot of games now i mean even last week when we also played a really good team mm. there was um your coach was just sitting down and basically yelling and later on a man came in that team and it also was like to me kind of like nasty you know i mean he's like why are you turning that way when you know there is a player like a lot of you know why are you doing it why that why this and i feel like that's a little bit wrong approach you know like uh, how i would handle it or how i'm doing it i just say that um she came on your left side. That's fine. But what can we do next time to avoid that? And she might have an answer and say, look up, look over my shoulder, or be prepared. One thing that one of my coaches did when I was like 12 years old was, and I told this to my mom and she after each game, and she thought it was really good too. But 
after each first half, so during halftime, he would say, and I've done this a couple of times too with our girls, but after each after each halftime, he would during each halftime, he would say to all of us, uh, "How's the game going?" Like he wouldn't tell us; he would just tell us what's going on. He'd say he'd ask us, "How's the game going?" Hmm. And uh, which made us think knew we knew he we had to think about the game and really analyze what was happening and we'd say something we'd say this and he'd be like okay sure and then we'd say that and be like okay sure that's going wrong so what can we do to avoid it mm-hmm. and then we'd have to come up with the answers our own and then he'd just sort of guide us that mm-hmm. way you know and then, and then uh, implement that basically yeah yeah, yeah. he wouldn't just he, i'm saying he wouldn't just straight up tell us what was happening right. I like that approach too. Yeah. 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 I mean, it kind of give them the answer or not. Let us come up to the answer. Yeah. Let you guys to come up with the answer. Just sort of guide us along. Yeah. That's great. You know? And uh, yeah, I would just like, we don't need that type of coaches that was coaching at this game that we did. You know what I mean? We don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I was almost going to go over there and say, Hey man, like what kind of coaching style do you have? Come on, please. But I don't. I don't want to go over a step and get into that. You know, no, there's yeah. people. I don't want also people to think that we know everything. No, but that's right. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, we we don't know everything. Yeah, but we at least know. Uh, you know, according to us, right? What's right and wrong? You know, like we put some pressure, but we don't punish them and we don't scream at them when they doesn't do the right move or the right touch or the good shot, you know what I mean? We're not yelling at their mistakes. Yeah, right. Um, anyways, man, I just wanted to get that out. I wanted to tell him to just leave because I felt sad for the kids. But Yeah, me uh, too. It's not my I spot. I respect those kids. Those They're probably 9 or 10 years old. Maybe they're around the same age, but those... Those boys were... They need more love. I have respect to them for putting up with it. Oh, man. They put That's out tough. with so much hate. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on the real they angels. With it. Yeah, they rolled it. They did it. They did it. So what happened this week, man? Other than we played coaching. You actually won one of the games. You have to say it, man. We did. Tell the Against score. Concord. Yeah, Against tell the score, man. A, um... I believe it was five to two. Yeah, I thought it was six to two. That's what I heard people were saying, but and that's what I think the ref said. But I'm going going through the, the going plays. through the players, yeah, going through the goals. I'm like, I only can count five. So. <laughs> but they try to embellish whatever we can, right? <laughs> Congrats, Coach Kerry. Thank you, thank you. Hey, you were right there, assistant. Yes. So yes. Um, but yeah, that was great. That was so much fun. You can see that the girls. That first, I want to say that. They've been playing. So all of the teams have been playing really well. Yeah. They've been improving with each game, particularly over the last month or so. Yeah. And like you said, last week we played a tough team. So to play two of arguably the two top clubs in the state, um, or at least in the Atlanta area, back to back, that's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm just so glad that we were able to culminate like a nice month or so. Yeah. Uh, of good performances with a win like this. And it's nice, actually, to have some of the parents coming after the game and kind of seeing the result and praising us and giving us the credit yeah. for, for some of the work. And they know? were right with what they saw, too. Some of them saying that the girls just seem so confident and yeah. so free-flowing with this win. And it's absolutely right. They were they were making passes. They were uh, dribbling and beating defenders. It's like everything that they did was was the right thing and they were able to pull it off their just confidence just was through the roof i mean that's like 
how it is in life, you know, like every time you feel like you have the confidence, you kind of move differently, you know, like you are more, you have more courage. And what courage is like that moment when you want to do something, but you're afraid of doing it. You know, that's when you find the real courage. And uh, once you actually do it, yeah. Once you actually do it, that right moment, you know what I mean? And you kind of believe that you can do it. And you can, uh, with confidence, you have more belief. And you can kind of more relax, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. But uh, I feel like giving the kids, the players, confidence will just boost their effort even yeah. more to push themselves to try new things, I to mean, do new things, and try to learn new things, rather than just keep it simple and kick the ball, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, now they see what they can do, and one girl got two goals, and was pushing on a hat-trick the entire game, uh, two others scored, one girl, I believe, scored her first goal ever, yeah. I think, um, and two others scored their first goals after a long while, and yeah. they're very well taken goals too. So it's just such a big confidence booster. And I think with this, I mean, we can do anything, anything. right? <laughs> Come out of your box. Okay, that should have been yours. Come on, love it. Richard, if I see another back flip, you're back in the bed. I don't want to see that rubbish. Good, Bella. Stop! Stop! Press forward! Go, go, go. Well done, guys. Good job, Ava. 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 Yeah, I like no reaction. <laughs> I like this. No, but Give it up, Wolves. It's not on the six-yard box. Guys, you can't stand there and turn your back to what's going on. You're going to go in four. Forward, Alex! Push on, Lucas. Push on, Push, carry our man. Emily going to go in two. Yes. Emily, you can go ahead now. Make a run, Ellie. Make a run. All right, all right. Shoot it! Come on, Noah! Good step, Theo. Good step. Good job, Ellie. I like your defense. Get in the game, Richard! Richard, get in front of them so they can pass the ball. Move around! Move around! 
for... You're standing behind so much bigger than you that cannot even see you! You're going for Ava for six romance. Richard! Cover the front person! Alex, the side! The side! Entered the box. I know. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Go forward, forward. Ava, go, Lasso. Nice job. Good work, Mackenzie. Well done. Get some water. Get some water. Did you Did you look up before you took that shot? Good. Good. You were working on that and it pays off, yeah? I was like, did you want to score? Did you want to score? Really? Half? Yeah. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Nice feeling though, right? Nice feeling. It's a nice feeling when you score. Down the line! Good job. But you know, that could happen because you actually made a run behind their defender. You know what I'm saying? You made the run and you got the ball in what? One on one, you know? That's what we're trying to tell others. You know? But you cannot always, you can't always stay in the middle. And we're just gonna accept or expect that we're gonna score a goal, you know? Stop! Get it up! Stop! So keep doing those runs more often. There you go, Alex! Richard, get in the game! Move around and get yourself open! Don't just stand there! I mean, it's definitely fun to be around this group, you know, especially oh, yeah. after a week like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, they're not professionals, so it's easier for them to let go of things, you know. They, they don't really carry as much as the professionals. Yeah. So if you're, like, in a professional team, it just sucks so hard to lose. It just, you know... But you still have to learn, like... Forget it and go on to the next game, you know? Yeah. But the beauty is the courage that you can build in a group environment, you know? Like Huddersfield. Like when Huddersfield played at home for the first time against Manchester United in 40 years, in that locker room, you either say like, Oh man, look, there is Mata. There is Lukaku. Oof, the Gia. Oh my God, you have Ashley Young. Nah, probably not. Oh my God, Ashley Young. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you would be intimidating to oh play God, against Phil them. Jones. Oh, <laughs> shaky. <laughs> Chris Smalling. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, it's Manchester United coming and you haven't played against them in 40 years. You either crumble or you give everything you can, you know? You know, that's pretty much exactly what's the head coach, David Wagner, said really? to his players in the build-up to the game. I think we should listen to that, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think we learned our lessons out of the Tottenham game. We changed a little bit the formation. Uh, we wanted to come uh, more from the transition rather from the ball possession. And uh, 
for this you have to have a good togetherness and very good spirit and you have to be brave enough in the defense and you have to be brave enough in the offense as well and this was what we were and um, yeah I think it worked over at least 60 minutes I think we played very well in the last 30 minutes uh, Man United put a lot of pressure on us and uh, had some moments we had a great goalkeeper and maybe some uh, situations where we were a little bit lucky but at the end I think it was a great result for us. As you said, this was Huddersfield's first home game against the glamorous Manchester United yep. in 40 years. And clearly meant so... It clearly meant so... <laughs> clearly meant so... <laughs> it clearly meant so much to everyone around the club, every, the whole town. Yeah. Um, this was Manchester United. But in Manchester United's case, it's clearly disappointing. This was a team that everyone is praising for the first month or month two months of the season and now they last couple weeks they've really dropped off boring Boring. against liverpool liverpool they didn't do anything against liverpool not at all uh and now this results against benfica in the champions league they were kind of again boring they were pretty lucky to get that win right um and now this result against huddersfield do you think who do you think is feeling the more extreme emotion huddersfield's joy or manchester united's disappointment Man, I wish I had the joy. But who do you think is... So do you, so you think that's the bigger one? Do you think Huddersfield are feeling more joy than Manchester United is feeling despair? I think... Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. I mean, as to be a Manchester United player, I think you learned to leave this behind. And you're not, like, getting worried. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's one game at a time. One game at a time. But at Huddersfield players, they can live with this for the rest of their lives, you know? And uh, I think Mourinho is very worried. Mm. He was cl- he wasn't happy Oof. after after this. I watched the press conference yeah, and it was really like um, disappointing, and you know there was like no motivation. The right team won. He basically that's what you just said. The he said the right team won. Yeah, Jose Mourinho almost never admits that the other team deserved to win. <laughs> so once he finally does that, and he's like, credit to Huddersfield, they yeah. played with passion, they played with heart, they gave everything, which I like. Yeah, um, exactly. Which I, mean, I like. He credited them. He yeah, praised them. He, did it. he, he did. never does that. Yeah. So if he, if he actually does that, then he's clearly uh, concerned. And, you know, from this, you just you have to just bounce back. But amazing to be a Huddersfield fan, man. Yeah. To really like go to a home game and come out with a surprise score like this. I mean, and when I watched it or at the end of it, I was like, you know what? Last week we lost against Watford. Yeah. And there was like so much talk about it, you know, like they lost again against, uh, you know, a team they should have beat. But this doesn't really happen when it's United, you know what I mean? It doesn't really happen when it's. Chelsea just lost two to Crystal Palace. Exactly, you know there is like no one's going at him. You know what I mean? But as soon as Arsenal loses a game, he's like, you, you, oh yeah, that player was worthless. That player didn't do it. I mean, how many times have you heard like, yeah, William was not Lacajones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but like even like William didn't show a performance like a Brazilian national team player. Or just name someone else, you know? They don't really get that criticism, man. Sounds to me that like you're jealous. I am jealous <laughs> that they don't get it. 
and we put Arsenal in. A I mean, they get criticism. Like Chelsea got criticism after losing to Crystal Palace. I think Chelsea. That was the same weekend that Arsenal lost, right? Yes. I mean, Chelsea's loss to Crystal Palace was that had to be awful, even worse yeah. than Huddersfield beating Manchester United. I mean, Arsenal losing to Watford. Watford are doing really well. They got that put them up to fourth place that win. <laughs> and I mean, hey, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, and now they yeah. this past weekend they played Chelsea and. Uh, Chelsea won, I think four to two. But yeah. Watford made it a great game. Probably could have easily gone away with the win. They they, like, they missed two open goals. So uh, Watford are actually flying high right now. So Arsenal lost to a title rival. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's more gentle. You know what I mean? That's more gentle. That's more gentle. But you're right. Once Arsenal loses, it's always back to same old Arsenal. Yeah, and it's frustrating. But even, even, yeah, the fans, uh, wait, what? No, but even the fans are like, kind of, kind of, you know, like this weekend when I saw that Arsenal was down, I was like, you know, like, okay, can Arsenal turn this game around? Like, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, exactly, no. But you're right, Arsenal is not a team that's known to... To fight back once their backs are against the wall. And this weekend, they did it. But even though they went away to Goodison Park, put in one of the best performances that we know that they should do. This is how we see them play so often that we expect them to play every week. Still, 5-2 win away to Everton. Still, people... And now I'm going to sound like a jealous (laughs) Arsenal (laughs) fan. But uh, people still... Refuse to show some real love to Arsenal. Yeah. It's like, oh, but it yeah. was a way to Everton, who are even worse than Arsenal right now. Exactly. As much as I, I mean, remember once I said that uh, at the start of the season, Everton were looking good. They were going to challenge for like a top four place, I think, is like, <laughs> or top six at least. What did you say? I mean, <laughs> I said that Everton were, with all the <laughs> signings that they made, I I got sucked in with all the signings that they made yeah. this summer were, and their ambitions, yeah. they were, <laughs> you're loving this. I'm loving it because I got sold on it when, when after I heard you, man. Yeah. Oh, so really? <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, they are doing something good here. They, in, in... they would challenge for, I, I can't remember if I said top six, <laughs> but maybe top four, even. <laughs> Sigurdsson, not me. That's afterwards. But with Pickford, with Rooney, who I thought was a good signing, with uh, uh, Davy Klassen, Keane, uh, Everton, I thought were looking shaping up to be a good, good team this year. You blame Ro- Ronald Koeman, you know. You blame the manager. He's the ultimate responsible. They're always, the team. yeah. That's what seems, they say, you know. It does seem that the manager gets the. Uh, is the one that's blamed first before the players are blamed. That's why maybe I'm wrong, but that's just the impression I get. Yeah, but I mean, this Everton team is hard to tell how they're going to score or the they style, a, really, you know? They don't. With all the good signings that I said they made, uh, they never really replaced Lukaku. That's it. So they don't really have a real center forward that's going to get you 15, 20 goals. And it's so crucial, man. You need to have it. You need to have that one player that you 
kinda can guarantee 15-20 goals for you, or at least give that confidence boost in the squad, you know? I mean, Lukaku did that, Everton, I think, have always been a decent team. Yeah. Um, And Lukaku did that with decent players around him, but with Rooney behind him, with um, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson behind him, just imagine if Lukaku stayed, could he get 30 goals, maybe? Is that am I crazy to say that? Oh, I don't know your re- reliability now. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how much I can trust your word. <laughs> well, but, can can you trust this? T- tell me that for Arsenal, yes, one, one. it was so good to see Mesudozo, Alexis Sanchez, and uh, Alex Lacazette. Finally, all three of them scoring, all three of them playing together. Finally, look, Ozo particularly looked very good. <laughs> Dude, it's the first time this season they all three play at the same mm. time. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why it took so long. Uh, I don't know like, it's so crazy, dude. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> like, it took so long time to play this three that is going to be the main guys. They're going to do all the work up front. Yeah. And then maybe Ramsey will give that support. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but this game... Wow. I mean, really, like, Ozil was great. Like I said, top. Mm. Alexis Sanchez, you know, makes his run. When, when he got hard. that goal. The last. The, la- the last goal, yeah, with the 5-2 goal. Yeah. You could tell he wanted. He wasn't going to let anyone else do anything. He was going to score that goal. He got the ball, picked up, dribbled, like, across the top of the box, past three or four Everton players before finally finding the space to shoot. He could tell as soon as he picked it up. He was gonna do everything to score. That's a uh, Sanchez goal too, man. Yeah, he didn't. He knew that Ozil and Lacazette scored, so he was like, "I have to score now too." Did you see the replay of Ozil's goal? Like, it's beautiful to watch the replay because you can actually see Alexis Sanchez when he controls the ball. He looks up, he sees Ozil's yeah. run from yeah. the back, yeah. and then he looks at the ball and cross it on purpose. Perfect, right in, that spot. right in that spot, you know, like between perfect. the defenders, yeah. yeah. And uh, whenever I see Arsenal play like this, I get encouraged, you know, like nice, as we all do. Nice, Will but there last? is a player that I've been saying that pretty early on that I think he can be like the Joker in the in the Arsenal team, and mm, well is is uh, wild card, wild card man that can come in and um, surprise a little bit. You, did. you know, you did. I admit, you said. That's uh, Jack Wilshere. The return of Jack Wilshere. Oh, like the second Jack. coming of Jack Wilshere. Yes. <laughs> what did I say? You said that after you watched a reserve match mm-hmm. that he played in, that he looked good. His passes were crisp. His touches were crisp. And he was going to be a part of this Arsenal squad seriously this season. Yeah. And he looked, I must say, it, does, it is amazing to see him back. He's finally good, man, to see him back. He's been playing in the Europa League. He... He got a nice assist. That was a nice goal. Oof, amazing nice goal. goal, man. After it was an otherwise boring game in the Europa League, that goal was was quality. That finish from Giroud, man, that ball is, like, pretty low. Yeah, if you yeah look no, at it, it was a strange it's bicycle strange. It's, like, it's almost like you're lobbing the ball over you, but he kind of kicked it, but the ball is not... The ball wasn't too high up. It was pretty low, yeah. which is very hard to do technically, man. Yeah. Oh, man. It was beautiful to see another goal like that, dude. Remember last Giroud time? Giroud has an eye for scoring some pretty spectacular goals. Oof, he does. He does. And Wilshere, yeah. Wilshere, that Wilshere-Giroud goal, the, the Wilshere goal where Giroud 
uh, he and Drew did like two one twos, and uh, someone else was also there doing. One That's two, what but, I'm talking yeah. about. Let's but. relive that moment again. Neatly stepping away from Fair. There's Kieran Gibbs. Santi Gazzola with a chance to drive at Norwich City here. Jack Wilshire, Gazzola, Giroud, Giroud again. Jack Wilshire! It's stunning from Arsenal. Beautiful, beautiful football. And Jack Wilshire was there to finish it off. Two goals in two games for the Gunners, for Jack Wilshire. Well, the finish was exquisite, but the flick from Giroud was equally as good. Ball gets played in here from Cathola. What a flick that is, picking out the room. Perfection, didn't break stride, takes this with his right foot. Little side foot, knew exactly where the goal was. Beat Sean Ruddy with ease. Side foot volley into the corner. Beautiful finish. He looked to be in so much space that initially you thought, well, he has to be offside, but clearly he timed his beautiful build-up. Typical Arsenal. One word, magical. And the goal is... Wilshire came on as a sub in this Everton game. And instantly, I mean, again, his touches were crisp, his movement was crisp. Uh, there was one instance where I think he suffered a tackle and, and uh, there's a little bit of worry. Like maybe <laughs> he just subs on and instantly, oh, no, here we go again. Now yeah. he's injured for another eight months. But uh, it was fine. He walked it off and he really is feeling it. He even got himself an assist. And I was just thinking how amazing it is to see Jack Wilshere again uh Seriously, a part of this Arsenal squad again, uh, and wearing that jersey again, man, yeah, it has right. to be very big for big for him, you know, like a big He's moment. An Arsenal boy. I mean, how long has he been in the club? Since he was like sixty, or well, no, younger than that. I since think. he was nine years yeah, old, nine, right? Yeah. So he's like been at the club since a kid. Like uh, he, there is. I remember this one interview when he said, like, I want to be at the club forever, you know? Hmm. Well, I promise that will be at Arsenal forever. And, Hopefully you know... he will be. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went for, like, an Arsenal tattoo. Like, he wants to be that Mr. Arsenal, you know? Because he grew up with players like Vieira, Dennis yeah. Burkham, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. these players. So... And whenever we talk about Wilshere, always bring up... That 2011 game against Barcelona. Amazing, man. It's oh, crazy. Man. Barcelona, after that performance, I was thinking Barcelona would love to have any, to have Wilshere in that squad. Oof. They would do anything. Anything, man. I mean, he even asked, like, he even asked Fabregas to get Iniesta's and uh, Messi's jersey from that game. <laughs> you know? I mean, he that game was a benchmark of was, a top, top performance. Yeah, yeah. I think that was probably also my favorite Arsenal game I've ever watched. Mm. Mm. I'm thinking about it. More into that. Now that I'm thinking about it. But I mean, like I said, it's so great to see Wilshire playing for the club again. And I know it means so much to him, an Arsenal boy through and through, um, that has been kind of, for one reason or another, almost not frozen out by the club, like intentionally. It's not like they're. But he hasn't been involved. He hasn't been involved for a while. And I know a few weeks ago he was giving an interview where he touched on what it meant to him and how pleased he was to finally be back at Arsenal at the Emirates 
with a serious role in the team after a couple of years being separated from the club. Jack, you said recently that it's it's been a while since you felt like an Arsenal player. What's it like to be right back in the mix? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's the best feeling. You know, that's, that's what I've always known. That's what I didn't, you know, last year I wasn't planned to go on loan, and although I had a good time and, you know, I learned a lot and I went to a good club. I never planned that, you know, I wanted to stay at Arsenal and then things changed, but now I'm happy to be back. You know, the year before I went on loan, I was injured, so it's been a couple of years since I can say I've, I've been playing, you know, or been fit and available to play for Arsenal and, and at my, my best level, so I'm happy. Getting back to your best, what are the telltale signs that you know you're getting back to your best? Um, I think a big thing, a big part of my game, and I always hear the boss say it as well, is you know the first five metre burst, my first five metre burst, um, when I when I receive the ball and to get away from defenders, and you know I feel that's getting better and better each day. You know I feel like the way to improve that mostly, obviously in training it helps you get fitter, but it is in games. You know when you're playing against opposition that, that want to win and want to win the ball back and you have to be able to keep the ball so that's coming back and you know my fitness levels if I'm honest they're probably the best I've ever been Napoli man Napoli are so good Napoli are so good and Inter their game was 0-0 but Inter it sucks because I, I see Inter the last few years it's Inter and AC Milan as similar as two Italian giants that have mm-hmm. fallen off the pace that's are trying to get back to where they were. I've been almost replaced with Juventus getting back after getting back to the top. Um, and those t- Inter, Inter and Milan have almost been replaced by Roma and Napoli in my eyes. Yeah. Um, as a challengers to Juventus. Yeah. Um, but both those teams have been trying to get back to where they were. Ups and downs, inconsistence, not even getting a Champions League, not consistently getting Europa League. We've all raved at how Milan have done some serious spending, bringing in some quality players, a lot of quality players, and that they could maybe not challenge for the title, but could definitely maybe even get as far as second place and certainly challenge for a Champions League spot. Uh, but Inter are the team that seems more complete right now, that seems more settled right now than Milan. And I find it sad as someone that admires Milan, I don't like to see, I don't hate Inter, but I don't like to see them getting ahead while Milan is lagging behind yeah Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind both of them being at the top but I just don't like seeing Milan lagging behind Inter but Inter seems like the team that's um, I think they're second right now in the the league and that's um, impressive yeah because I feel like teams like Inter and AC Milan or even Roma and Napoli previously seasons had problems playing I guess some of the middle teams, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I think that's it. Whenever they play against each other, you kind of see who, who the good team is, but keeping that consistent has been kind of oh, yeah. hard. But watching Roma play, you know, I feel like they have a strength. They have a depth in that squad. Like, Kolaro, Zeko, I mean, they are pretty on yeah, fire. Kolarov like, has been on fire the past week or so. Yeah, even in the Champions League, you know. Yeah, and he scored this weekend as well. Yeah. And uh, it is a league that is definitely growing now i feel like yeah i think they're after a period that where they were kind of the whole league as a whole was lagging behind i think uh the league is certainly picking up again i used to watch every sunday syria um in the afternoons and in the evenings it used to be la liga 
But he that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thinking about, yeah, thinking about that. Uh, it used to be like La Liga around 10 p.m., 9 p.m. games, mm-hmm. and Syria around 3 p.m. So it was like, you know, you had that break in between to do whatever, right? But here it's kind of tough. Occasionally they have these like 6:50 a.m. games for Syria. A.m. and that's yeah. like in the that's in the morning. Yeah, you know. And uh, it's kind of tough to follow them in that way because they don't really show it every big game, you know. Um, but you can watch them on replay. Yeah. Or they, I mean, you got the sports that, that they specialize in Syria and the Liga, but they often are at the same time as well, not one after the other. But um, it's not, I mean, it's, I guess it's not quite as convenient as sitting, you can watch what? What time would you say there were five, six, seven a.m. or sorry, seven p.m. for Syria, three p.m. Yeah, and then, uh, which is perfect time, it's I perfect. think, and then even more perfect, uh, prime time La Liga game. I mean, Inter Milan games usually are twenty forty-five, like yeah, right, right, eight forty-five, you know, okay, yeah. So that was like amazing night, Sunday night. You know, now they're they're catering to the, and I think Spain is doing this as well, but they're. And England to an extent, but they're catering to the international audiences much more to the Asian audience in particular, the mm. Chinese market. When I lived in China, it was um, Champions League when it was in the night, like in the middle of the night. It was like free, free AM, yeah, right. you know. So it was tough to I barely didn't even go to bed that night, and then went to school the day after, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you miss games like? Manchester United by Munich or yeah. you know so but I understand that uh, the leagues are definitely fun um, but Napoli man sorry oh we gotta stop with Napoli dude they're just so good Reina is he goalie yeah oh my, he I sucks think so. I think so he is sucks he? he's not that good no sure. I mean I've seen him Appreciate being keeper for Napoli but he hasn't been that great but that doesn't matter. I don't. I can't comment on that. I don't know if you're joking or not. Either, no, I'm but. not. <laughs> Sorry, Reina. Apparently, you suck. Um, but it doesn't matter because Napoli are just so good at keeping the ball. The way they pass the ball around is beautiful. Insigne, Drip Mertens, Callejon, probably the smallest, shortest front three ever in history. Yet they are are wizards on the ball. Thank you. That was my nickname when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, what makes this team so good, though? Is it the uh, explosivity of the players? I think that's part of it, for sure. Um, I think they're pretty balanced, I think. I mean, they're kind of like Liverpool. I think Napoli versus Liverpool would be such a fun game. Similar to this Man- Napoli-Man City game that we recently saw. But I think, unlike Liverpool, Napoli are much more settled defensively. Mm. Uh, and they have a defense, Koulibaly... Uh, that they can rely on, whereas going forward, those front three that I mentioned, plus Hamsik, who is probably one of the most underrated players, yeah, I think, in Europe. He's a leader, man. Um, I, you know, I feel there's so much football going on that even me and you try to catch up a little bit, you know? Like, last week, we had... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Stop flying around. I saw it, yeah. <laughs> you were like... Locking it in. <laughs> Last week we had Dave Lamatina, guest on our show, talking about We Must Go documentary that he produced. 
we also had PS and Hugger recently, and we have a lot of guests, which is awesome, right? And uh, it's a, this mix that we want to keep doing, but I feel like there's so much rocket going, especially with Champions League, World Cup qualifications, Atlanta United, Arsenal. We didn't even mention Atlanta United, but we'll get to that later. Exactly. I mean, we Playoffs have to mention Columbus one thing, crew. though. What? We have to mention one thing, though. They broke the record again, dude. They did. 70, what was it? 71,000. I tweeted it out. 71,824, I think. So you hear that Something crazy like that. number? 71,800 something, man. <laughs> <laughs> if we're giving love to MLS and the break, uh, attendance record being broken, we should also shout out England's, the Premier League's uh, attendance record being broken with Tottenham's. Wembley game against Liverpool. Oof. 85-something thousand. Really? Yeah. God uh, damn. I mean, one thing I know, we have to congratulate the owners of uh, MLS. We have to congratulate them, man. I mean, good job. Like, yeah. finally, one of your franchise teams are successful, and you will get bigger pockets in that you can <laughs> fill up with more money. Maybe instead of one... One of those portfolios of bags that you see on movies when they open up with the money. Yeah. Maybe now you get 10 more. And uh, maybe you get 10 more thanks to screwing up a big fan base uh. to move that team to another city. I mean, we have to congratulate the MLS owners and uh, the guy that actually moving the team too. I mean, uh, I don't want to say good luck to you. Just, just say, save the crew. Hashtag save the crew. <laughs> Everyone remember it. Type it in your Twitters. Your Twitters. Twitters and Facebooks and <laughs> Instagrams. Hashtag save the crew. Mm. Would it happen? Here's hoping. We're playing the Columbus crew this week uh, This week in the playoffs. And I was so pleased to see. You saw, right? There was a uh, save the crew. I saw the banner yes. by the supporters, and that's been going on throughout MLS as well, throughout supporters groups in MLS. So, uh, I expect there to be more with Columbus Crew actually coming to town. I expect there to be more, and rightly so. So, so what are you saying? So I'm saying I'm avoiding your question. I'm avoiding answering it. I know what you want to say, though. I want to say yes, it will happen. The crew will be saved, but it's tough. Who knows? I say goodbye, crew. Oh, that's sad sad it is very sad thank you for listening to all scotch and king soccer podcast show, show. Hey, Sorry, sorry.